0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Supply Chain Radio. We are recording this episode from Inforum 2016 and Bridges 2016 in New York City. I have with me today Brian Neller. Hi, Brian, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Boris. Brian, we just listened in to a fascinating story that was told by Dow Chemical Company. What I really loved about this particular section was for maybe 10-15 years we've been going to conferences and listening to people talk about supply chain visibility and for the longest time this wasn't clearly identified or described what that actually means and it was even harder to put a real business case behind it and it put some real tangible ROI and numbers behind the real value of visibility. What I thought was so great about Jeffrey Tazilar's presentation here is that he really made a number of strong cases of the tangible value of visibility.
1: So one of the things that he called out straight off the bat was, how do you transform a 119-year-old company and help them change the way they operate? And supply chain plays a key role in that. And I liked a couple of the call-outs that he made. And specifically, he talked about changing the dialogue with their customers. And one example that he gave was during a, uh, a major storm that came through. And the ability to look at this storm and track the thousands of rail cars that they have in their network.
0: Then you say they had 20,000 rail cars that they own by themselves, which is incredible.
1: Yeah, so 20,000 rail cars, and they were able to identify 5,900 that were in the potential path of this incoming storm. So I'm able to identify that, I'm able to know what's at risk, and then the conversation was, you know, instead of having to tell customers, oh, your, your shipment's going to be late, it was, we know this is coming, what's important on those shipments, what can we do to make adjustments, to change, to fulfill any issues that you may have? So what might need to be expedited, or where we might we be able to move inventory from elsewhere in the network? So it's changing the dialogue from putting out fires and dealing with issues to being proactive and delivering new forms of value to customers.
2: Yeah, let's actually listen into to the tape here. The capabilities we have are to overlay uh, weather patterns and. The one uh, that comes to mind off the top of my head is Tropical Storm Bill last summer. It was the first time we had this capability in place. And 24 hours before the storm hit, we knew which rail cars were in the floodplain and in the storm path that would be impacted. So we were able to figure out and determine that 5,900 cars were in the impact zone, and we could reach out and proactively manage it. Now, we can't lift a rail car off the track and get product there, but we could proactively call our customers and say, this one is likely to be late. Is there an impact that you're going to to have if we don't have this product there? And we can look at alternative modes, we can look at alternative locations to ship from and have a different discussion with our customers than, where's my stuff?
0: Yeah, so this tropical storm incident, that was one good example, right, of a disruption that they averted and they averted damage. other one I recall, which was a very, very strong case that he made, was um, that fire on a MERS ship, that was pretty powerful. Let's have a listen to how he described that story.
2: I think the first week after Go Live, um, the Maers Jubilee fire occurred. That was a bimodal shipment for us. I believe we had 12 containers on that particular vessel. It took our supply chain team less than 10 minutes to determine what containers were on that vessel. I won't tell you what uh, it would have taken before, but it was significantly longer than that. We would have had customers calling once again saying, where's my stuff? So we're, we're able to go and have those different discussions from a business standpoint, which to me is a, a supply chain and within a function, to be able to go and enable that and enable our sales team to go grow revenue versus cutting costs is an exciting conversation to have. And, and that's where I see innovation continuing to play in our visibility strategy.
1: Yeah, and, and what was great there is that he called out, you know, it, it took 10 minutes for his team to determine what containers were on that vessel. So again, changing the conversation, you're gonna have customers calling up and rather than having to say, Yes, we're looking into it. We know there's some damage. We'll get back to you soon. It's Yes, we can tell you that you're stuff was or was not, you know, having that certainty, and then again, changes the conversation, it changes the value and the credibility that you have with your customers as well.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of the story that is now almost like a case study for how to do it well is the story that Caterpillar talking about at conferences where in the way they responded to the earthquake in Japan, which is a similar story, where in like very, very short amount of time where competitors and other manufacturers that were affected by it were still trying to figure out what happened and took weeks inside like, like a war room and gathering people to find out and calling people up to find out you know what the actual impact is caterpillar was able to you know open up a laptop and within minutes to be able to see you know what's affected and then also make the right decisions so i think what it comes down to you know this is also something that jeffrey honed in on is the ability to separate the signal from the noise in a way he didn't put it that way but that's essentially what he's saying Maybe he's just describing that he wants to put the right information at the right time inside of the right hands, right? It's, it's one thing to blast everyone with a fire hose of information, hoping for the right people
1: to find the right information out of that tsunami of, of information. That's probably the wrong approach. Yeah, and then to your point, the ability to take that information, put it in the right hands, enables smarter actions. And, you know, you look at the numbers that he put up on screen, where he talked about marine cargo. You know and supply chain visibility enabled smarter decisions, better moves right things like service quality improvements by thirty five percent cycle time reductions, and then there was the um, the total value number that he came out with what was that again eighty five million dollars yeah eighty five million dollars in in reduction yeah, I mean again, as you said at the start, visibility you know how do you quantify the value and and great example of somebody who's actually done it. You know, they've quantified the value of supply chain visibility, and now it's something hard and tangible that you can bring to the table as a supply chain organization.
0: You know, one thing I also find striking is that nowadays companies have realized the benefit of openly talking about the benefits they derive. So they go to a conference, right, and then they don't play their cards close to their chest, but it's sharing those experiences that is starting to become a common thing, a common theme.
1: Yeah, it's almost, like you said, people opening up their cards a little bit more. It seems for a long time there has been this point of view or perspective that these are my own trade secrets that I don't necessarily want to reveal to my competition or to the rest of the market. But now you have this shift, and a great example is you know with our shipper council. You know, last night we were out with some of our customers and great example of these guys that are competitors and sometimes they're just guys in different industries. But they love getting together and sharing, look, here's what we're doing, here's how we're handling data quality issues, or here's what we're doing to to mitigate certain forms of risk in the supply chain. And what we're finding is someone who works for Pfizer, oftentimes they want to hear what's occurring at Columbia Sportswear, right? Because it's a way of me getting out of my silo and, and seeing what someone else is doing. Because sometimes we do tend to have those kind of blinders on and just look at things from our own perspective. Yeah,
0: one key subject that came up this morning, one of the keynote presentations in forum was this idea of adjacent innovation, right? Looking across industry boundaries, what other industries are doing and learning. I think that's part of the same story. And I I like to call it, you know, a a new age of transparent supply chains, not only in the sense that, you know, you create visibility for yourself and your network and for your customers, of course, because that was another big theme that Jeffrey hit on, which is it's important for yourself to know and have visibility and know where stuff is, but it's another one to be able to, you know, report it to your customers who need to know it in a timely fashion. It requires a total different system to be able to do it. But to go back, I think you're right. So we are seeing, I think, a new form of openness and frankness and transparency, and a real willingness to learn from what other
1: industries, how other industries are tackling, you know, some are related problems. Yep. And actually interestingly, we think of The Amazon effect that comes up constantly nowadays, and we tend to think about retail, obviously, because that's where it directly disrupts. But interestingly, Jeffrey called out that, you know, the Amazon effect is impacting his business as well in their industry, right? You know, the idea of addressing needs of your customers, you know, there are different demands, the Amazon effect on supply chain, consumers expect more, but, even for a big giant like Dow, their customers are demanding more, and they also want visibility. they want to know when their stuff is going to arrive, and you know they want to make sure it 's going to be there, so they have to find new and innovative ways you know so Amazon is using drones to drop stuff on doorsteps, so dow they 're in the same boat they need to find new ways of servicing and fulfilling orders for their customers as well. So that pressure kind of flows downhill from a customer perspective. Yeah.
0: So in other words, the bar that is raised in the consumer space is sweeping over or leaking into the business-to-business space more and more so, yeah. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Brian, thank you very much for being on the program today. Thanks for having me. This is Supply Chain Radio. We're signing off.